Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today I'm talking with Rob Willoughby, and he is a missionary on deputation going to Estonia. Rob, can you tell tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and uh, how the Lord called you to Estonia? Well, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, always went to good fundamental Bible-believing churches, and uh, during that time I was... I was challenged again and again about giving my life to the Lord and uh, even challenged about missions. Uh, I, I finally surrendered to that, surrendered my life to, to whatever the Lord would have uh, in my early teen years and shortly after that surrendered to missions. I'm married to uh, Angela. Uh, we've been married three and a half years now. We got married uh, after my first year of seminary. And so the last two years we were married and uh, it was just us. Uh, now we have a one-year-old girl named Rosalind, and uh, she's a lot of fun. She just had a birthday a couple weeks ago. Now, you're on deputation. How how far along are you? Are you several years from getting to the field, or are you pretty close to, to leaving? We started our deputation uh, in September of 06, coming up on a year and a half. Our plan is, what we're praying for, is that we can have our, all of our support in by November of this year, November of 08. That'll put us at just over two years of deputation, so we're excited that we can we can see the end in sight. <laughs> then after you uh, finish deputation and you get ready to go to the field, um, you'll have to go through language training, I imagine. What language do they speak in Estonia? There's two main languages there. Uh, of course, Estonia was part of the Soviet Union for about 50 years or so, and a lot of people still speak Russian. Uh, 25% of the people there actually are Russians, and uh, they don't know the native language. The national language is Estonian. That language, unfortunately, is nothing like Russian. It's a language very close to the Finnish language. Uh, we hope to learn Estonian first, but uh, very soon after that to, to pick up on Russian so we can speak to anybody in the country. This summer, we are planning to go to an eight-week language school in Los Angeles, and you may think, why we go to Los Angeles? Well, it's because it's the only school I could find in the United States that that uses that language or teaches that language. There's only there's not even a million and a half people in Estonia. So, and of course, once we get to the field, that'll be our full time job, pretty much, is be learning the language. The two language choices then of Russia, Russian, and Estonian. Would everybody speak Estonian and then some speak Russian, or does everybody pretty much know Russian as well? More people know Russian than Estonian, I would have to say, because the Russian peoples that are actually Russians, they didn't have to learn Estonian uh, during the Soviet Union because, you know, Russia was in charge. Nowadays, however, uh, Estonian young people, rather than having to learn Russian, they want to learn English, although they want to learn some other European language. Then are there a lot of people that speak English, and will you be able to get right into ministry uh, even in English there, or, or do you feel like you're obligated to learn Estonian? A lot of people do know English, and I think we could, we could have a limited ministry right away. In fact, we're going to be working with uh, some other BIMI missionaries that are they got to the field in August, and in fact, 
just this last Sunday was their first Sunday of the church that they're starting. And this church is kind of unique. As far as I know, it's the only church in Estonia that has English-speaking services. We're hoping that that will attract some people that are learning English, or maybe they, they're rather proficient in English, they just want to practice it and use it, meet other people that speak it. So there's a limited ministries in English right away, but I think to really reach the heart of the people, to have a, a broader ministry, Estonian will be the way to go. You said a million and a half people in the whole country. I, I minister in a city that's a million people, and that's just one city. Uh, how large is Estonia as far as landmass? Are the people really spread out, or are they pretty much in a few specific areas? Well, the capital city is Tallinn. It's right across uh, a small gulf from Helsinki, the capital of Finland. Uh, within a few miles of Tallinn, you have almost half of the population of the country. The country is small, and most of it is covered in forest. Uh, Tallinn has about 400,000, maybe a little more if you include the outside areas. The next largest city is uh, Tartu, 100,000, and it just goes down from there. Most people live in the cities, and most people live around Tallinn. <laughs> I, I know absolutely nothing about Estonia. What would be the agricultural product there, or what is the big business or jobs there? Estonia is is unique with the former Soviet Union countries. They're, they have the fastest growing economy. They are they are becoming westernized very much faster than the other nations. Uh, their main industries, if you look up on the internet, would be things like electronics and engineering, information technology, telecommunications. Is there anything interesting you could tell us about Estonia that we might not know otherwise? To me, Estonia is a is a, a strategic area in that part of the world because they have um, they have religious freedom in a way that you don't find in Russia, you don't find in Belarus, uh, you don't find even in some of the other uh, East European countries. And so, for missionaries, especially Americans, very easy to get into and do our work. What would be the uh, dominant religion there? The most popular religion is Lutheranism, but then again, only 15% of the people are active members of Lutheran churches. The second largest religion would be Russian Orthodoxy, just because there's a lot of Russians there. But unfortunately, the need, why, what makes the need so great in Estonia is the fact that nearly 70% of the people are simply not religious, uh, whether they be atheist or whether they be consider themselves Lutheran or Orthodox simply just in name. How did you know the Lord was calling you to Estonia? God used a couple of different things uh, to call us to Estonia. Uh, my wife and I both were called into missions separately uh, as teens before we met. Once we got married and we were coming to the end of our school time, we were praying about where to go, and I spoke with a man that had been a missionary in Russia for 10 years, and he really uh, really challenged me about that, told me about some tremendous needs in Russia that are still there. So we started praying about going to Russia. Uh, we took a survey trip there into Russia. We saw Moscow and St. Petersburg, and I really was thinking that God was going to confirm a call to Russia, you know, as soon as we saw everything. But actually, it didn't work out that way. While we were there, 
we felt actually less and less certain about going to Russia. Seeing the difficulties of living there, you know, I thought, I thought, wow, if we're going to go to Russia, we need to know that we're called because it's not an easy place to live. Just prior to that trip and during the trip, we were hearing about a um, another missionary couple with BIMI that um, had just finished four years in St. Petersburg, Russia, now transferring their ministry to Estonia. We uh, we contacted this couple. We started praying about the possibility of working with them, and uh, we really felt that God was opening this door for us to have a team ministry in Estonia. In the city, then, where you're going, is it very modern? You you mentioned the hardships of living in Russia. Estonia sounds like a small country to me. Sounds like there would be even more difficulties there. Is it a, a modern city, and what makes it more appealing as far as taking your family there and working where, where the Lord would have you? Estonia is is better just about in every, in every way than Russia. Missionaries that I've talked to and the missionary we're going to work with he has been in Russia, and when the first time he saw Estonia, he just couldn't get over it. Uh, for one thing, in Russia you have corruption everywhere. Everybody, everybody has their hand out for a bribe if you want to get anything done. In Estonia, it's just not that way. Uh, they're part of the, the European Union, and so there's certain standards that have to be met, and that really helps us, um, actually, for them to be a part of the European Union. The streets are cleaner. People seem to care a little bit more about about their country. It's a it's a little bit safer than Russia, and just a, a little better to, to to raise a family. Then, are you making your decision to to go to Estonia as opposed to Russia just because it's a nicer place for your family? Why why make that decision? Well, first and foremost, it's it's where God is leading us, and we know that we're called to Estonia. Now, if I knew that we were called to Russia, we would go regardless. If you're going to be a missionary, go into a foreign field, uh, you can go anywhere and it's going to be difficult. I mean, there's you go to Canada, there'll be some things you have to deal with. And that would be the, probably be the, about the easiest transition to make. But if you're going to live in a foreign field, you you have to know that you're called there. There's going to be difficult times. And we know that we're called to Estonia. Not to say Estonia is going to be easy adaptation. Uh, there'll still be some difficulties. But knowing our calling... Will, uh, will help us to pull through. Is there anything particular that you already know about Estonia that you think is going to be difficult? What kind of struggles do you anticipate? Well, first of all, the language. Some have said Estonian is harder to learn than Russian, and uh, I want to learn both of those. So that'll that'll be our first milestone. But the people generally in 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 Europe itself are rather cold to the gospel. You don't see results right away, typically. And so that'll be the challenge. It'll be trying to gain the trust of the people, building relationships, trying to show them that you're not just there to get their money, you're not just there to to promote your organization, but you're actually there to try to reach them for Christ. Now, you're on deputation. Uh, what kind of struggles have you had during your deputation time trying to get to the field? Deputation is a can be a trying time. I mean, at the same time, it's great, and it's a challenge. Sometimes in deputation, you'll you'll hit a couple of weeks, maybe a month, where you just don't see, you feel like you're spinning your wheels. I know there was a time where we went to at least 20 or 30 churches in a row, 
and we hadn't heard back from any of them as far as support. During that time, I was I was very discouraged. I mean, if I didn't know that I was called to the mission field, I would have said, uh, forget it, you know, I'll be a pastor or something. <laughs> be much easier. But yeah, when, when times like that happen, it's your calling that keeps you. It's God that keeps you going. Okay, those are some of the, the difficult times on deputation. What What would be some of the blessings of deputation? One of the greatest blessings is simply uh, meeting so many so many Christians, so many people that are praying for you, people that love missionaries. You get to stay in church members' homes. You get to talk to them, and they learn more about you, and you learn a, bit, learn a little bit about them. We get to meet so many pastors, and it's it's really neat to see so many different ministries across America. And then just kind of step back and, and realize that there there's a lot of godly people in this country that are going to be behind us and that are continuing the work here. It's just a blessing to be around God's people. Do you have a testimony you'd like to share? One of the things that probably has given me a greater burden for people in Europe or in Scandinavia, perhaps in general, is I know I know a lady that's that's from Finland. She's an American citizen now, but she's from Finland. You know, she's Lutheran, and uh, we've tried to witness to her. Uh, my wife and I and, and uh, my wife's parents are, are probably know her a little bit better. And this lady from Finland, she has a friend from Sweden that comes over to the States now and then. And I was really, I was just really, uh, I guess, made aware of the need because this lady from Sweden, she again, I think she's, she's probably Lutheran, uh, you know, at least in practice. She noticed there was a difference in our family, I suppose. She she uh, she took a couple of us aside uh, separately and asked us about our faith, asked us why why we're different. We were glad to explain to her, you know, that we're Christians, we believe God's Word, and uh, we, we gave her the gospel. Um, you know, a couple of us did at different times. My wife witnessed to her, I witnessed to her, her my wife's father witnessed to her explaining the gospel. And in the end, uh, this lady basically told my wife that she said, you know, this sounds good. I, you know, I would like to do this, but, you know, none of my family would would do this, and, and I would be the only one. And so in the end, she, she decided that she wouldn't, she wouldn't get saved. But just that experience of actually meeting someone from that part of the world and seeing the need... Uh, seeing that there are people that are searching for God, that want to know the truth, it's given me just a greater burden for those people. Well, thank you for your time, Rob. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we close? Well, uh, if you're out there and you are considering missions, uh, maybe you are called, maybe, maybe you're not called, but you're considering it, just remember this. Uh, remember that God's will comes one step at a time and sometimes we can it's easy to fret about the future you know I know when I was called to missions I thought boy if I'm called to missions God has a lot of work to do I was terrified about coming in front of people and preaching anything like that but God takes you one step at a time and if he's called you uh, into missions he'll get you there in his time he'll get you there one step at a time and it'll be steps that that you'll be able to take because God knows what you can do You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. 
please visit us at missionarytalks.com.